This episode of the Event Industry News Podcast is sponsored by Evolution Dome, award-winning temporary inflatable event structures. Take a look at their structures at evolutiondome.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Event Industry News Podcast with me, James Dixon, wishing you all a very good morning, afternoon, or evening, whenever or wherever you tune into today's podcast from. And for a bit of context, um, as we always do, pretty much at the start of, uh, of each episode of the podcast, is give you an idea of roughly when we're recording these, because you know that they're often um, uh, dropped or transmitted or put on the website a few weeks after we've done these. So it is Monday, the 24th of July. And uh, for those in the know, and for those cricket fans amongst you, it is the day after Australia retained the Ashes um, in somewhat of a subdued manner, owing to the classic uh, British weather uh, mid-July. Um, and as, as a cricket fan, it's still sort of grating on me a little bit that cricket has once again shot itself in the foot. And the reason I say all of that at the start of, of today's podcast is that um, in a sort of somewhat serendipitous turn of events, um, we're going to be talking about the very venue in which the most recent Ashes cricket match took place. That is the Emirates Old Trafford in Manchester in England. Um people who listen to this internationally may know Old Trafford as being synonymous with the home of Manchester United Football Club. For those uh, international podcast followers, you may not know that there is also another gigantic and internationally famous sports ground just down the road from the football ground, which is, of course, Old Trafford Cricket Ground, now the Emirates Old Trafford. So talking to us about today and, uh, and about destination Emirates Old Trafford and a huge sort of revamp and transformation of the event facilities and hotel facilities there, I'm delighted to bring our guest on. Our guest today is Angela Hodson, and Angela is the sales director at Emirates Old Trafford and joins me after what must have been a very long slog at work over the last week or so, Angela. Very good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, James. Yeah, I'm here, I'm alive. I've put my makeup on so you can't see the bags under my eyes. Um, I'm raring to go for another week. I do have a slightly hoarse voice, James, so forgive me. By the end of this, I may not have one, but I'll see what I can do. And, and as, as I referenced in the intro, Angela, you probably heard me saying that, you know, we do have a lot of international listeners to, uh, who tune into the Event Industry News podcast who may not be familiar with the idiosyncrasies of cricket as we are. <laughs> and the reason that, that Angela is probably feeling a little bit weary on this Monday morning is, of course, that um, test cricket, is a five-day match, isn't it? You know, a test yeah. cricket match takes five days. So mm -hmm. the test started on Wednesday last week. It, it yeah. starts at 11 o'clock every morning, the match. But, of course, you will have hospitality and things starting from first thing in the morning right up until the evening after the match finishes at sort of 6.30, 7 o'clock each day. And no yeah. doubt preparation before that. So um, you must know the venue intimately uh, on this particular day. Yeah, my feet certainly do yeah but I, I think yeah test matches are pretty brutal they're pretty relentless they're really really good fun really good high energy um you know years of planning really you know 18 months I would say of kind of planning this and and then there's the delivery of yeah ultimately it could be up to a five-day event and in this case it was um mm. we had four incredible days obviously Saturday was a little bit iffy, but you know what? The energy of the crowd and the energy of the guests in the hospitality spaces was was amazing. So I, I don't think they anticipated that there would be any play on that day, and that ended up being play in the afternoon, as you know. Um, but yeah, yesterday. Let's not talk about yesterday. It was pretty horrific. 
Yeah, we're not here to talk exclusively about no. cricket today. It just so happens that Angela works at, 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 at one of the most legendary sort of cricket grounds in in the world, really. And uh, I'm a cricket fan. And for those of you, again, who are not in the know, yesterday there was no play due to rain, which means that if there can be no play uh, and the match isn't completed, it gets called a draw. As a result of being called a draw, the series is drawn. Uh, or, the, yeah, the series can only be a draw. So... Yeah. Australia take the trophy home again and we wait another 18 months before it can be picked up. But that's not why we're here today. We're not here to just be disgruntled about cricket. We're here to talk about uh, Destination Emirates Old Trafford. Um, and this is a, a transformation that has been, I've no doubt, years in the planning and years actually in the delivery as well, Angela. So let's talk a little bit about what was on site there and maybe look at the chronology of where we find ourselves today. So how far do we need to rewind to sort of get to the beginning of the process that was undertaken? I think now where we're at as a venue, um, we've had a £45 million redevelopment really over the last, I would say, 15 years. So I guess, um, you know, to kind of retain test match cricket, which is really, really important for the venues, you've got to make sure that you've got a venue that is an incredible venue to host test match cricket in the first place. Um, obviously, the club has been around for, you know, over 100 years. So yeah. it was, you know, an incredible ground, but a very kind of old ground. It was becoming tired. A lot of the spaces were quite worn and outdated. Um, so yeah, it, it started to go through a process of redevelopment to make sure that it could still retain test match cricket, basically. Um, but the other kind of basis behind it was to create this sustainable business model whereby in years that you don't necessarily have, you know, a test match or an ashes, which obviously generates millions and millions of pounds, um, that as a venue, you were able to kind of support cricket by having, you know, 24-7 in terms of events that could take place throughout the year as well. Um, yeah. So that journey started um, and resulted uh, initially in the development of The Point, which a lot of yes. people know. Um, so The Point was basically um, came about 13, 14 years ago, and it's a big red box that's um, significant um of kind of what it looks like uh, and it's a little bit controversial at the time actually when um it started to get built because of how modern and innovative it was for um to you know to be there at a cricket club well, i was going to say yeah because uh, as a cricket club and as a as a uh, a cricket club with with significant rich history in the game yeah you know that there, there are there is an old school mentality that sometimes surrounds the sport uh, mm -hmm. and and you know huge leaps and developments like that with this ultra modern looking amazing building and maybe maybe the first thing we do is direct people to sort of google emirates old trafford who who maybe yeah. are listening to this and don't have an image in their mind or, or about what this does look like is is maybe just quickly go on your phone now and google emirates old trafford and I would hazard that one of the first images that returns on your search will be of this big red building, which is really ultra modern. It is. I mean, it's a fantastic space and, you know, it's a venue in its own right to a degree. You know, you have this beautiful kind of reception at the bottom, um, walk up to a smaller atrium bar right up to the point, which, you know, is a really flexible event space. It's a huge kind of open space, seven metres high, floor to ceiling windows, beautiful balcony where you can, you know, overlook the iconic ground as well. 
Um, and it's just one big open space. So what it's a real blank canvas, I guess, for people coming in from the events industry that can basically turn that into whatever they choose that to be, you know, whether that's an exhibition, a conference, a dinner. Um, yeah, it's quite an incredible space, but it also kind of sections down as well. So you can make it into smaller, more intimate spaces. Mm. Um, and then you've got this beautiful mezzanine above that um, where you can do this beautiful reveal down into the main space with frosted glass that, you know, suddenly disappears. Um, and again, that's that's a great space for drinks receptions and, um, you know, doing lunches, et cetera, et cetera. I, I like that the, the frosted glass thing is is simple, but it's it's um, I, I've seen it in more and more spaces uh, yeah. in, in the la in the last couple of years because it, it's obviously with any sort of technology and 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 um, sort of internal fixture like that, the more it's it's bought and 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 deployed in venues, the cheaper it becomes to actually put in there, and yeah. it, it's a great way of I've seen particular awards do's and things like that where you want people to come in and have a drink and you want this to be some sort of reveal into the room and into yeah. the event, and you know we used to do that with pipe and drape and curtains yeah. and having, <laughs> having people sort of lift the curtains apart to do that, and how brilliant now that you can sort of deploy this type of sort of um you know internal sort of design into a building and and just do something at the click of a button yeah and that's exactly what it is you know we had blinds initially that kind of came down but as you say there was the occasion where you couldn't get them up so there was <laughs> panic about that and now it is literally a touch of the button you know it's very very clever um and it just means that while guests are kind of enjoying that space you know suddenly they see that impact of what's downstairs um, and it gives that sense of excitement that they're going down into this really incredible space that's been transformed for whatever event it is that they're going down to. Um, so, yeah, kind of going back to the development, the point was the very first um, piece, I guess, of the redevelopment jigsaw puzzle. Um, and that really enabled the venue to deliver events on a massive scale, you know, up to kind of a thousand guests, which which was just incredible, really. Um but what needed to happen then is all the other kind of event spaces to complement that needed to get up to the same standard. So there was then a process of changing the pavilion, which is this beautiful historic building next door to the point which that was open in 2013. Um, yeah. And we've still retained that beautiful historic feel again, you know, have a look and you can see the contrast between, you know, the very kind of modern features of the point going into the pavilion. But the pavilion, um, again, allowed us to kind of create lots of kind of multiple spaces, um, whether that be, you know, the top floor where you have these incredible kind of boxes overlooking the stadium um, and then lots of different kind of smaller spaces as well to complement the point in terms of being able to deliver workshops and, you know, product launches, syndicate spaces, smaller event spaces as well. Um, mm. And all of these are connected by a bridge link, which is very clever. Again, you don't have to come outside of the venue to access any of these spaces. Um, so the pavilion was born in 2013, uh, along with the Player and Media Centre, um, which is one of the best, you know, in the world. It's, it's just world class in terms of, yeah. you know, what that space can do. And, 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 and for those who may have looked up the photo... I think I'm right in saying that you've got the point. If you were to look at it face on, you've yeah. got the point, then you've got the yeah. pavilion, which is the historic yeah. building. You'll see that straight away because it's got the, the red brick. And then to the right of that is the is the media centre, which shares some of that sort of 
red architecture, I think. Yeah, it's directly opposite. So you've got the Point Pavilion, then directly opposite, um, you have the Player and Media Centre, which on a match day, um, you know, you have all the media kind of based over there in the content and communications team as well. But interestingly, that is a space now that is almost a destination in its own right as well. Yeah. Yeah. We have a brilliant TV studio in there. And if anybody has seen um, Blanks TV, um, which you will often see featured, um, you know, when the guys are kind of streaming cricket, whether that's T20, mm -hmm. County Champs, um, and that is a studio that event organisers can use as well. So it's a very, very clever space that we've basically created ourselves, um, you know, with various cameras in. You can also have that additional support of the team as well. So that's mm. a very, very interesting space. Um, and over there, we've just created this terrace space as well, which is um, kind of an ecological kind of area where we're going to have solar panels, greenhouses to produce food in, um bat houses um so yeah and and kind of living walls so that it can be used again for event organizers for up to 60 people it's outside um but it's something that we're kind of developing internally but also developing for our staff from a well-being mm -hmm. point of view so it's an area that they can use during the day to go and relax and 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 chill out um, but the Playroom Media Centre is also, um, for the first time during the Ashes, opened our sensory room as well. Um, wow. So that was used throughout the, the five days, in fact, where, um, you know, there were various people kind of going into that, um, where it's a safe space for them um, yes. that, that kind of, you know, caters to their, their needs. They can still watch this amazing, you know, cricket game of cricket with 23,000 people, but they need a nice, calm, quiet space in which to do that. So that's something that you can check out on the website as well to see how the team have developed that over the last um, six months, basically, with it, mm. you know, being in fruition during the ashes. And and it's you you raise sort of loads of interesting talking points there. You know the the subject of neuro, uh, neurodiversity and yeah. mental well being within the events industry um, itself it is a huge yeah. topic of conversation. Um, when you factor into that, you know the. the the, the demands, again, go, going back to the fact that it is a cricket ground and the, looking at the media centre, you've yeah. got um, media personnel from all over the world coming to cover it. Um, yeah. They're there for a long period of time. They're there first thing in the morning. They're probably there 12, 13 hours a day, if not more, over yeah. a, a prolonged period of time because of the nature of the, the sport. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, when you factor in that they're doing this then for probably a three month period over summer to cover a series yeah. like The Ashes, there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. You know, having that sort of quiet, safe space or somewhere where they can go just to get away from it for an hour um, it isn't to be underestimated, I don't think. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, it's it's basically we recognise as a club that, you know, we need to cater for a diverse range of people and guests coming through the doors and, and we want to be welcome to everybody so mm. it's creating these kind of safe environments in which everybody can be part of that because we appreciate that you know there's a lot of noise and energy that comes with hosting you know a game like mm. the ashes or even t20 cricket or 100 ball cricket and that environment can be quite intimidating for some people so yeah just creating these different environments in which they can come. And you're right, I guess, from an event industry perspective, you know, when people are working on concerts or cricket or events in general, they're often long, you know, long, intense days. So if we can create these environments in which people can escape 
for a certain amount of time, then then it, it will be an incredible space for people, you know, to just download a little bit and yeah. kind of re-energize, I guess, in some sense as well. So, yeah, it, it, it's basically um, a very, very unique space. And, you know, we're hoping to promote that a hell of a lot more so that people can see the different kind of elements that are part of the whole of Destination Emirates Old Trafford. Um, yeah. yeah. And I guess following on from kind of the point, the Pavilion Playroom Media Centre, you know, the, the big kind of um, development at the club uh, was the opening of the Hilton Garden Inn. Well, I'm pleased you said that because because I wanted to, to to bring the hotel into the conversation because yeah. having having these flexible event spaces, having such a a broad selection of event spaces, um, is great, fabulous. But effectively now, you know, to, to make that even more um, relevant to people, you have to have some sort of on site accommodation now, don't you? It's absolutely sort of mission critical to to a venue of of your size and operation. So yeah, I'm pleased you brought that up, and and let's move the conversation onto the hotel and and about the development there. Yeah, so we we for those that that may have been to the venue uh, a while ago, we used to have what was called the Old Trafford Lodge. Mm -hmm. um, so as you can imagine, when we developed the point and the pavilion, so we had these amazing kind of you know spaces. Um, the hotel that we had just did not complement, you know, the quality of what we had from a venue perspective. So then came the pursuit, I guess, of um, the development of, of a hotel that could basically complement, you know, the quality and the standard that we had. So, yeah, we opened the Hilton Garden Inn about five years ago, I think it was now, and that resulted in a hotel um, that is part of, you know, Emirates Old Trafford, we we manage it, we own it, it has the Hilton name. So obviously we have to ensure that the standards are, you know, exactly mm -hmm. the, that of Hilton. Um, so it's 150 bedrooms that we have, beautiful restaurant. Um, the point of difference with that hotel is that we have pitch facing rooms. Um, so again, anybody that watched the ashes over the last five days would have seen people on those balconies watching the cricket. Uh, yeah. We turn a couple of the floors into hospitality spaces as well. So guests can enjoy um, hospitality. We take out the beds, we put in uh, informal furniture, and then they go out onto these beautiful terraces where, you know, you have 10, 12 people watching the cricket. Yeah. Same for concerts, which is an amazing product. So for concerts, again, people are looking down onto the 60,000 kind of crowd and they're looking very smug from their balcony. <laughs> they have a nice bathroom, they have a bed, uh, they have a fridge where they can put all their, their booze and they can order takeaway food from, you know, the hotel. Um, so it is a very, very good quality experience. But even, even as a hotel, I mean, it's amazing, you know, how many hotels have that? have a balcony where they can just sit and relax after being at an event and, you know, just kind of get fresh air, just kind of be out in the open. So again, from, from really a health and wellbeing point of view, I think the hotel is really special in that respect. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, it, it, I, I was going to say, but also, you know, without putting too fine a point of it, you know, your, your job title, as people will see on the screen is sales director. And when yeah. you've got, when you've got those sort of, um, it, it, that that sort of real estate in your armory you yeah. know for for event not just the sporting events that are there you know that that 
I would, I'm not going to say it makes your job easier, but it gives you more options, doesn't it? You it know, does. Uh, yeah. That is an attractive option to people. Yeah, and, and definitely. I think we 100% saw an uplift um, in what our business was delivering from an events perspective. As soon as that hotel went up and we had 150 bedrooms, you know, it changed the the face of what we could do. So from an event organiser perspective, they want something that is all in one, you know, kind of destination, I guess. So, you know, they have the point, the pavilion and the hotel, and you literally walk from one space to the next. You know, there is a bridge link interconnecting every single one. Um, So it it is, it's very special, very fantastic and very easy, you know, along with the car park, the fact that the tram stop is literally, you know, Mm -hmm. two feet from the hotel that will take you into the city centre. The fact that the airport is 20 minutes away, it's a really, really easy kind of place to get to. Yeah. Well, you, yeah, again, you, you've just sort of preempted exactly what I was going to say next, which is that, um, you know, f- from a location point of view, you know, it's yeah. very, very accessible from the airport, aren't you? You know, you, yeah. you you whip up north from the airport, pick up the M60 for a couple of junctions, and then then you're straight into Old Trafford. Um, yeah. And so since, since the development of the hotel particularly, so you're able to offer on-site accommodation, what has the uptake been like in, in terms of international visitors or or even you know um the, the the improvement in event clients who are now able to to fly guests in even from you know an hour away um yeah. uh, because think, of that offering yeah i think i think we're becoming more globally recognized definitely um you know certainly because you know, of lots of the kind of major international events that we do as well, certainly I think during Cricket World Cup that took place in 2019, um, you know, that was a very kind of global audience that was coming over to Manchester and to the stadium. So, Mm -hmm. you know, with the India-Pakistan game that we had and the other two India games as well, there was a lot of kind of clientele coming over from there and, and all over the world, in fact, to kind of come. But that in itself, you know, allowed us to kind of, showcase to the world what what kind of venue facilities that we had so i think those international events really really help um but also the one love concert you know that that happened years ago that was a global platform um you know whilst nobody wanted to deliver that event because of the context that it came from it, it obviously demonstrated again you know the venue and what it could deliver um so i think that helped from an event organizer point of view you know from from an international perspective so certainly the association market in recognizing yeah. this as a, as a space where you know we could hold big events in the point they could then deliver you know what they needed to in the pavilion and they had a hotel to stay into as well um you know and and that's further now um that that further improves the offering with the new development so that we can kind of touch on um, yeah i i was i was keen to ask you about that because you know aside from enjoying cricket i'm also a big big music fan and mm. um i don't know whether or not it's just maybe uh, uh something i'm imagining but I, I seem to have seen certainly since the one love concert more live music events coming to Emirates Old Trafford and the the, the couple of things to sort of maybe pick up on number one is um the iconography of the actual ground itself when when music concerts take place in sports stadiums it can look a little bit the same you know you look at videos of 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 concert tours and one stadium is a stadium you know a football stadium 
your venue is is because of the architecture because of the buildings that you've got and there are different but it does become quite an iconic look when you set up a big stage there and you see the other buildings dotted around combined yeah. with the fact that the development over the uh, over the last decade or so presumably a lot of the infrastructure that has been put in during that development has gone towards focusing it and being able to offer it as this this sort of huge outdoor concert venue yeah, definitely. I think when you see concerts at Emirates Old Trafford, um, it's kind of like a festival feel, isn't it? It's mm. it kind of it's outdoor. Everything kind of comes to life. So we have a specific area of the ground um, that we leave open that won't be developed on ever. It's almost like a gap um, where the concert stage production goes so that will always you know be kept as that so that in June or postseason we can deliver concerts um for cricket we put big temporary stand on that space that's as the party well. stand that's the party stand the crazy party stand yeah where everybody goes a little bit wild um <laughs> so that's on cricket but it's also an open space that event organizers could actually use as well you know if they need to put up additional marquees or you know e even kind of use of kind of outdoor space that is a space that they can use as well um mm. but for concerts definitely it comes alive and you know that is part of the club strategy in terms of um delivering these events from a commercial point of view but also from i guess a pr platform point of view as well you know because if we can deliver an event for sixty thousand, you know it makes us a really credible venue um you know we can operate on a scale where we have that number of people in um, but also use of all that event space as well, including the hotel. So I think it just demonstrates the, the quality and professionalism of what the staff can actually deliver. Um, yeah. And we can scale it up, we can scale it down as well. Um, Anybody who's seen that temporary stand that's been put up recently, that, that gets put up for the cricket, yeah, that holds several thousand people. To, to yeah. make that sort of, I'll, I'll use the word sacrifice for now, but to sort of sacrifice that development potentially as a permanent stand in place of having that space available for to put up a huge concert stage. I, I, it's hard standing underneath it, I, I presume, which makes the erection yeah. of a concert stage much better, you know, yeah. the, 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 than, in a, the, the, than on an actual sort of pitch or something like that. Um, what was the sort of decision-making process or was there a process in place to decide, look, we're not going to develop that as a permanent stand. We're going to keep that as a space. Yeah, I think, again, it allows us to be flexible. That, that's the key point. You know, we, we already have lots of venue space um, and we also have a hotel. Obviously, we now have an extension of that hotel, which we can we can chat about, but it, it needs to be kept like that so that we can flex to make sure we can increase our capacity. There may be certain games that we don't need, you know, an 8,000 temporary stand, which is what we have for the Ashes. It could be that we just need you know, 4,000 or 6,000. So it, it gives us that flexibility to do that. But it mm. also gives us that flexibility, as I said before, to do concerts or to use it, you know, for another use at the end of the day. So I think mm. for now, that will be the case because it, as I say, that will always be part of the club strategy, I think, moving forward. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. And of course, some big names. I mean, I think it was just last month, I think Foo Fighters announced their 
That's tour, right. the 24 yeah. tour, uh, uh, where there are two dates, you know, in at uh, in at your venue. So you've already got that and, and more stuff. If you go to if you go to, to to the website for the venue, you'll see you know events that are coming up and and Foo Fighters is is sort of listed up there quite prominently on the website, and rightly so because it will be their you know their, their first UK tour you know since since the change of drummer and and, and, all, yeah. and all of that stuff so um yeah lot, lots of stuff happening and, and as i've said people listening to this will have undoubtedly be aware of it even if they, they even if it's subconsciously of having seen the the the, the you know the the, the concert yeah. there um in light of the tragic events that happened at the arena meant you know what, what feels like an age ago now um yeah. and it felt like in a way looking back that it sort of really kick-started you know something in that particular venue because you know there have been a lot of people that hadn't come across it before who were watching internationally right. when that concert was broadcast yeah so i think i think it is you know it's a positive platform in the you know when concerts take place it also allows us as a venue to you know really you know sweat that content to show people mm. you know we, we we don't just concentrate on the outside when we put the content out there it's about the inside spaces as well um showcasing what you can do for for concerts obviously we deliver hospitality throughout every every single event space so and there's different packages in different areas um but it allows event organizers again to see what it could look like you know for that kind of setting you know whether that's for mm. a dinner for an informal kind of um sort of dinner event as well it, it, it's really positive and what we can do with that information to kind of push out from from an event industry point of view as well um so yeah it's all good stuff you 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 briefly mentioned um the extension to the hotel which yes. we need which we need to get on to so yeah. let, let's dive into that we, we, we've already sort of seen or, or you've spoken about the fact that we 150 uh bedrooms available and the views over the uh, over the pitch but but tell yeah. us about this extension and, and the process behind that okay so this one is super super exciting so um Basically, there used to be a building called the Red Rose, which was very, very old. So um, if we kind of go back and obviously Point Pavilion, we have the media centre, we have the new hotel, and then we had this, our, our, our Red Rose building, which um, was just brown brick, basically, um, but loved by our members. So we have to say that as well. It was a very kind of historic, meant a lot, you know, to our members, but um yeah, the redevelopment was basically uh, lots of ideas were kind of bashed about in terms of what that was going to be. Um, and originally it was going to be a member space and then a stand. Um, and it was actually in lockdown uh, in that first year in 2020 when um, Yorkshire were playing uh, Lancashire behind closed doors. And our CEO started talking about developing an extension to the hotel. Um, because again, we believe that in the future, the return on investment with developing the hotel, because the, the current one is so successful, why don't we extend the number of bedrooms that we have? And mm -hmm. that will enable us from an events perspective to deliver events further because we'll have 250 bedrooms and our capability obviously as a venue space is, is a thousand people. And that was one thing we were talking before James, before coming on air about research. So we yeah. did a lot of research behind this to 
um, try and understand that from a venue perspective, what were people looking for in terms of um, the number of hotel bedrooms? And it appeared to be that 250 was this kind of sweet spot in terms of mm. what they needed for these bigger events where they were maybe delivering 400, 500, 600 delegates. Sure. So we basically set about, um, you know, creating this vision of an extension to the hotel um, that also had, you know, a venue space within it, but also had um, potentially a heritage museum as well, because that was one thing that the members of the club, you know, really wanted. That was something that was really important to them. Um, so, yeah, that was back in 2020. And for the ashes, you know, you may again have seen on the TV or go and look at the website again. Uh, the, the, the hotel is developed now. It's there. Uh, the only thing that we're waiting for is the hotel bedrooms to come online, which will be October, November time. Right. Uh, that will then mean that we've got 250 bedrooms and a further 50 that are pitch facing as well. Um, but the event space opened um, on the first day of the Ashes, which was amazing. Just yeah, really, really yeah. incredible. No, no, no doubt, a proud moment um, for, for the for the club, um, and and it's important to point out maybe as well as the sort of maybe the the, the structure of, of these types of, of stadium um, in that you know it is Emirates Old Trafford. It's an international cricket ground, but fundamentally, it's it, it's the home of Lancashire County Cr Cricket Club. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, when you talk about the members, they yeah. are who you're referring to. It's the members of Lancashire County Cricket Club. And, and I guess that all of this development, as well as developing it as a, as an internationally renowned venue and destination for events and an international cricket ground, there has to sort of maybe be a fundamental appreciation for the, the history and the day-to-day -day activities that go with the actual you know, county cricket club that ultimately are Absolutely. responsible for the ground. Um, and their input, no doubt, is constantly sought when, when these developments are taking place. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, the, the members will get to enjoy that space tomorrow because we have a county championship game tomorrow. So um, none of our staff can rest on their laurels, bless them, because, you know, we've come out of five days of ashes. We have a little bit of downtime today, but we've got to prepare for tomorrow. So members will see that space for the first time, which is going to be phenomenal. Um, but yeah, the the opening of that space, it was an incredibly proud moment, I think, for all of us, because um, we had a company in there uh, called Corinthian Sport who have their Pegasus Lounge. Um, so they came in it for the first time. So they've made a significant investment to the club and we have a great relationship with them. And they were able to deliver for 180 guests across four days of the Ashes. So wow. they were really pleased with the space because it's completely different look and feel to anything else that we have. Um, it's almost like walking into the Ivy, actually. It's um, <laughs> a really beautiful restaurant space. Um, you know, it's quite an industrial sort of look and feel. It's really modern. It's really vibrant. It's got a completely different vibe to anywhere else. So, again, I think from an event organizer's point of view, it will be something completely different. Um, and from an audience point of view, we can target different kind of groups and opportunities because uh, it's great for networking, great for product launches. Um, great for lunches, dinners, um, and even a, a completely different conference space. I think people are always looking for something new and innovative to use. And I think this space will give that to, to people. Um, and alongside that, it has this huge kind of 
balcony directly outside which during the cricket people can you know watch cricket on but for concerts they can watch concerts and then again for event organizers just imagine kind of having a beautiful drinks reception out there overlooking this amazing ground um i think it's going to be something quite special um but all of that the, the development not only has that event space in the hotel it also has a lot of outdoor space kind of trailing from that hotel to the the current hotel that we have so we have jimmy's bar which has been named after jimmy anderson um which is all branded up again you, you can see that information on the website um but it's a small kind of bar area people can use it inside outside again so really fantastic and um uh I hope you don't mind me asking about the the, the the naming side of things because, again, you know, we've referred to it many times in today's episode. It's the Emirates Old Trafford. Yes, um, and, and Emirates coming on board now. I'm not sure exactly when they came on board. It's certainly within the last, within the last 10 years, isn't it, that it, it, it yeah. changed and the naming rights were, were, um, were, were agreed upon. Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of financial support, what did that bring to the table by, you know, agreeing that deal um, in terms of the naming rights? Did that ultimately allow you to to move forward with some of this development that we've spoken about today yeah i mean i mean i think emirates have supported us and have been a partner with the club for over 10 years now so they're a really special partner um and yeah it, to a degree it certainly helped because it's you know a great partnership deal that we have with them um but you know we also support them over in in dubai as well so we supported them with the expo um, I think it was a couple of years ago now. So, um, you know, all of our partners are really, really important to us. And, you know, they've become part of the kind of Lancashire Cricket Club family as well. Um, and particularly across the Ashes, we were to, able to kind of support them and deliver, you know, numerous activations during, during that period. Absolutely. Um, to, to, to touch on the, the, the process of, of now selling these spaces, is it yeah. a blessing and a curse now for you that you've got so many different spaces <laughs> available? If, if an event organiser comes to you and says, can I have a tour of your spaces? It, it, it sounds like this could take, you know, two days to actually give them a tour around the, all of the facilities. You know? <laughs> how, uh, how difficult has it been to structure the sort of the sales process and how you deliver mm -hmm. and communicate what's available within the, the facility now so that actually you can spell out clearly what each space offers without overcomplicating it. Yeah, I think um, th there is a lot of variety and there's a lot of choice. There's a lot of flexibility in the venue. Obviously, we, we are mainly positioning this as it's a 250-bedroom hotel with a venue space that you know, can hold up to a thousand guests with lots of multifunctional kind of event space. That's the simplistic kind of version of, you know, how we would kind of approach it and sell it. Mm. Um, I think obviously it's important from an event organizer's point of view, they obviously have specifics in terms of their event brief, their inquiries. So, you know, we have to very much kind of look at that and and, and tailor that inquiry to, to the event space that we have. I think it's just important that I guess from a, a multi-day event point of view, you know, there are endless possibilities in terms of, you know, what the event space can deliver. But equally, you know, if people have a smaller event, you know, that is incredible as well because you never know kind of what what that is going to develop into in the future. Mm. I think if they're just looking for, you know, interesting spaces um, where they can deliver lots of different things, 
there is that opportunity there. Um, and I guess from an incentive point of view, you know, there's, there is other stuff that we can do if they want to add on team building. We've got the cricket centre. If they need outdoor space, we have the fan village. If they want other incentives, we have the hospitality. So we can combine events with the hospitality delivery kind of in the evening, which is quite a nice little touch, particularly with T20 and 100 ball cricket, which mm -hmm. is quite short, fast formats that are quite engaging from a team building point of view. Sure. Um, so it can get, yeah, I think because I've talked about so many different things, there are so many things to offer, but we would very much focus on what that event organiser wanted and how we yeah. would kind of structure that show round to, to basically cater for those needs. But it, it's just knowing there's loads of different things that we can do, I guess. Mm. And, and I suppose as well for many event organisers, you know, the attraction to their clients of being able to publicise an event that has the words Emirates Old Trafford as the venue yeah that that, that that that's a big thing for event organizers if you can if you can announce the venue yeah. of your next event your next conference your next trade show your next team building event and it's got those words in the invitation or on the email to it that that, mm -hmm. that that's a huge sort of um you know uh, flag that event organizers can wave and presumably that, that because of the, there's so many different spaces available that does open it up to more event organizers now who maybe in the past couldn't have seen it as a viable option because there weren't as many flexible options as they maybe need as you said you've got these smaller spaces and small spaces are absolutely critical for sort of day-to-day -day yeah. operations i think in the events world you know small you know one day events where they come in the morning they're gone in the evening are, are kind of like the bread and butter of of absolutely. you know a lot of a lot of event spaces around the uk and i think we it's great to talk about huge events and thousands of people and big capacities and everything but i think many people who work sort of day-to-day -day in the in industry like i do know that the small spaces are the, are the bread and butter and um, having a load of those in your portfolio, I think, is 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 sort of key. Yeah, and and I think even even with the smaller spaces that we have, we're trying to develop those as well. You know, even recently, and you touched on Emirates before, um, and you're right. You know, having Emirates as a partner demonstrates credibility to us as a venue as well, because you know they're such a global professional kind of organization that oozes kind of quality and Absolutely. sophistication yeah. um, and they recently have invested in changing one of our event spaces which is now called the Emirates Business Lounge um, which really if, if you imagine kind of what a business kind of lounge at Emirates would be like that is replicated in the event space so it's been completely you know, redesigned to reflect that. So it, it, again, it oozes quality and sophistication. Um, all new furniture, all new branding, new flooring. Um, you know, and and across the ashes again, we had um, various touch points during that period where activations were done based on the champagne that served uh, in Emirates business class and the cheeses and the cocktails and the food. So it was a really kind of immersive experience for all those guests that kind of enjoyed that space. So from an event organizer point of view, that is something that they can enjoy as well. And it's a different way of holding an event. You know, mm. it's quite informal, quite relaxed, but again, that 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 can be seen as a space that that is completely different to anywhere else um and emirates also have a box box nine which is really similar but on a much smaller scale so i think yeah variety is just key um you know and if people are looking for something completely different then then that's what we're trying to replicate again 
Mm. And if that's you, if you're looking for something completely different, then um, check them out. You know, we're getting to that point in the podcast where we start wrapping things up. But um, yeah. it would be it would be foolish and remiss of us uh, to have had this this conversation on today's episode and not um, tell people where to go, how to get in touch. And I guess website is probably probably the best place to start with, Angela. Yeah, yeah. If you go to website, so I'm at Old Trafford, um, that's where you'll find all the event information. Uh, but you'll also find all of our kind of social links on there. So LinkedIn, Twitter, um, Facebook, Instagram. So Emirates OT is where you need to go. Um, check it out. Obviously, if anybody is interested in coming over, seeing the venue, then please get in contact with the team. You know, we'd be delighted to take you around, show you that northern kind of hospitality that we can offer. Um, you know, and it's just, it's, it's a fun place to be. You know, I absolutely love working there. So well, um, you know, for, for, a special place. 43 minutes of conversation today and we've not even touched on all the other stuff that Manchester has to offer as a destination Absolutely, and as a city, yeah. you know, and, and, and you know, for people who, who maybe are not familiar with the geography or, or where the venue sits within Manchester, you know, you are literally on the doorstep um, of the centre of the city. You're yeah. a matter of minutes away from all of the other hotel offerings, uh, all of the other great venues and, and, and culture and, and history that, that Manchester has, has to offer. And, and as a, a man who comes from West London originally, but who has lived in the north of England for 25 years and is only 37 miles from Manchester I can assure you if you've not been there before just go because you'll have a great time as a city and it's growing rapidly it's crazy it, it is it is um we we, we come to the end of, of today's episode and just time to wrap up with a, a few little bits of housekeeping as we always do um our thanks to angela hodson the sales director at emirates old trafford for joining us today and, and once again please do check out you know destination emirates old trafford google it you know you'll find it really easily and when you land on their website there's a great tab really easy to spot at the top of the website that just says event spaces and have a click on there and have a look through um and and, and get in touch if you want a tour if you want to find out a little bit more about what Event Industry News is up to and what's happening in the industry, go to eventindustrynews.com if you're listening to this today on your podcast platform and check out the latest news features, special supplements that are on the Event Industry News website, as well, of course, as the A to Z supplier directory. If you work in the industry and you're looking for a supplier or a service to help deliver and, uh, and, and, and run your event, then chances are you will find that supplier within the A to Z supplier directory on the eventindustrynews.com website if you're already on the website today and you're watching this podcast via the podcast page on the website thanks very much for tuning in and don't forget to go in the opposite direction make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast via audio uh, wherever you get your podcasts from whether it's spotify or apple Podcasts, etc etc search for the event industry news podcast you'll find us on there and make sure that you hit subscribe which brings us neatly and nicely to the end of today's episode my thanks once again to angela hodson from emirates old trafford for joining me today and we'll see you on the next edition of the podcast goodbye everybody bye